Ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner, standing at a sleek 5'11", 245 pounds, the tumultuous tempest of technique, Thomas Lilly. And in the red corner, at a curvaceous 5'11", 315 pounds, the jovial juggernaut of judgment, John Cheryl Sheridan. A meeting of the masters of mastication turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speak. It's holiday season, and that means there are stockings to be stuffed and elves to be cuffed. Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has gone global with the tools to guarantee you'll score under the tree and the mistletoe. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, which it is, that's almost 8 million balls. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code PEAKSPEAK. Ho, 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 gents. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which should be at the top of every man's wish list this year. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code PEAKSPEAK. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. And while you're keeping your balls fresh and clean clean, head on over to our friends Prism Coffee Co. And uh, use the code PEAKSPEAK at checkout to save yourself some dollars on their delicious coffee. That's right. Have a caffeinated Christmas. Because if you've got to deal with your family at Christmas time, you should probably be at least heavily caffeinated. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear. How are you, my friend? Life is reasonably good here in Canberra. It's fucking just muggy and gross. Yeah. I don't know how you Brisbaneites deal with this on a regular basis. It makes me just feel like I'm sweating constantly. Well, I could just deal without that. It's the first day of summer and it's been pissing down with rain nonstop all week, so... Uh, I'm not one to celebrate summer. In fact, I can't stand summer, but that's what a normal person would say, something about the fact that it's raining on the first day of summer, and I'm trying to assimilate into the human kind. Yes, but we've all previously established that you're not a normal human, so that's fine. Correct. Now, powerlifting controversy. Controversy! Did you see the young female who was booted out of a gym in Melbourne for experiencing incontinence while performing a deadlift? No, I didn't, but having got the quick lowdown from you, what the actual fuck? Yeah, so, like, I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth because, I, you know, in these situations, there's always a little bit more to the story. Yeah, there's always Um, two sides, at least, if not more. Yeah, but the the general gist was she posted a video of herself um, performing a deadlift, experiencing some incontinence. Um, From what I understand of what everyone was posting about, some people complained to the gym um, and whatever happened um, behind closed doors led to her being uh, banned from that gym. And so, like, again, we, we don't really know the full story, so I, I don't want to comment on it too much. But I guess I want to draw attention to the fact that if you're a, if you're a performance-based gym that accepts powerlifters, and in this case is, is a gym that um, claims to be a powerlifting gym and hosts powerlifting competitions, uh, you know, having a lifter experience some sort of incontinence while lifting uh, should never, ever, ever be demonized. And if people are complaining about it, the solution is not to hear the complaints and action the complaints, but to educate the complainers on the reality of what happens in this sport. 
Yeah, exactly. It would be like letting people into the gym and then they complain about there being chalk around and mm. then just deciding that, oh, well, now we'll just ban chalk. Like, it's it's not a, not something that anyone should be striving towards or anything like that, but it is a very common part of females in powerlifting and something that I think still doesn't get talked about enough in terms of how common it is and the approaches you can take to avoid it or to work on improving the underlying issues but to not have that discussion at all with people and just blanket you know take on board their suggestions and then just yeah go and ban someone like that and like you said we don't know the whole story for sure but if Mm. that's the the straw that broke the camel's back I still think that's a pretty pathetic excuse for uh, objecting someone from what claims to be a powerlifting facility. Yeah, I mean, like, without any stigma, without any any preconceived notions of this the, of of this um, occurrence in this pursuit in this sport, without any of that, someone experiencing this is still going to experience a sense of embarrassment. Yeah, um, exactly. Maybe a sense of shame, and it's on us as leaders in this sport or as leaders in this realm, as coaches, as people who exist in the sport, to uh, normalize isn't the right word, uh, but to make people understand that it's not anything to be ashamed of, that, no. it's, not, that it's not a problem, that it's a, that it's a factor that's uh, often so out of people's control um, that it's, not, to me, like it's, it's not, it's, uh, it shouldn't be seen as anything bad at all. Um, it shouldn't be anything to be embarrassed about it. It just happens. Yeah. Uh, like if, you, if you're talking about, if, if people are referring to this as like yuck or whatever, A, fucking grow up. Yeah, and exactly. B, we do way grosser stuff in lifting. Like look at the people fucking tearing their calluses and bleeding everywhere. Their nose is exploding, fucking bleeding all over my floors and all over my equipment and shins ripping up. We do way my grosser My favorite stuff. one is people headbutting the barbell and then bleeding on the barbell. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the- yeah shit like that that yeah it's just silly you know and, and a very short-sighted approach to ensuring that th- i'm sure that person now feels an even deeper sense of shame around that and that's just really not on because like you said it's it's a very normal thing a very common thing mm. that isn't necessarily normal but happens a lot in this environment and to vilify someone like that for it i just think is a bit gross in mm. general mm. And, and just to clarify, when, when we're dancing around the word uh, normal, um, the reason we're dancing around the word normal is because it can be the sign of something underlying that might be a yes. little bit more sinister. Yes. Um, and so it's it's common um, uh, if it's if it's a genuine issue that you uh, that you struggle with, uh, there could be something underlying, you know. Um, and so there are specialists, there are people who understand the stuff in the lifting world that there's plenty yep. of great information out there. I'm pretty sure we've had Renee on here and done an episode with Renee on, on here yeah, on this I, very subject. I think um, we did. And in one of our first episodes with Quinn Hennock, we, we brought it up as well. So yeah, um, maybe it's time to revisit that subject anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what are we talking about? Well, Young Sam. because we're professionals, we called on our good friend Sam to ensure that we had something to talk about today because we're both useless at uh, actually figuring out topics. And he wanted to talk about uh, or suggested we talk about the best way to get started in powerlifting as a newbie. And this is a discussion that I've had 
I'm sure you've had hundreds of times over the years, you know, we've yeah. both run novice comps of varying degrees of uh, regular or with varying degrees of regularity, regularity over the years. And I know I've had this conversation about like how to get into powerlifting, what to do with probably hundreds and hundreds of people at this point. Uh, so it's one that I'm pretty comfortable having, but I think one that still is occasionally a little bit uh, clouded in mystery, perhaps. Mm. You know, there's a little bit of a little bit of misinformation that I think gets put forth by people who are already a little bit experienced, but not really experienced in powerlifting. That perhaps can be seen as gatekeeping the sport a little bit and making the the idea of just getting into it a little bit more complex than it needs to be. Because for me, it should be simple and it should be a fairly easy thing to do to begin with before you go and invest tons of time and money into the sport that maybe you don't actually like. I think, uh, yeah, I think we can break that open a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For me, it's just go do it. Yeah, exactly. And and I think probably the biggest limiter to people just going and doing it is the sense of um, wanting to be ready. Yes. Um, you are ready. If you can perform a squat, a bench, and deadlift to competition standards, you're ready. Like there's yep. there's no strength standard for you to be ready. There's no um, time under the barbell to be ready. There's no level of ex- experience to ready. You're ready if you can do the lifts. And the yep. sooner if you want to be in this sport, the sooner you can jump in and be in the sport, the better you're going to be. The longer exactly. you wait to become ready, the worse off you're going to be as a powerlifter. Yep. And that's basically the same conversation I have with everyone who talks to me about it. The joke I've said a few times is your first comp's a bit like the first time you have sex. It's likely to be bad and a little bit awkward anyway. And so you should just get it over with sooner (laughs) rather than later. Uh, Yeah, I'm a huge fan of diving headfirst into the sport. That's why like when we run our beginners powerlifting course, it's four weeks long. We do some coaching, which is essentially just long enough to make sure they can perform the lifts to the comp standard. And we kind of have an idea of what sort of numbers they're going to hit and then they do their first comp because i don't think you need 12 weeks of lead up into your first competition i don't think you need some fancy peaking program sometimes i don't even think you need to peak one of the best examples i've got is a guy who signed up as a member here uh six days out from a novice comp and i was like so you know so have you thought about but you know competing he's like yeah it's something i've thought about doing you know i was like do you want to just compete this weekend He's like, yeah, fuck it, why not? And so we spent one coaching session covering the rules. We're like, all right, cool, this is how you squat to depth. Like, you know that, sweet. Here's roughly the numbers we're going to hit. Don't do anything dumb in the gym this week and, you know, we'll be sweet. And he turned up and crushed it in his first one, had a wicked time, and then was super motivated to get into training and, mm. and pursue it after that. And I think for me that's the big thing is that if you spend a ton of time waiting for this – arbitrary readiness that doesn't actually exist you end up like missing out on the really fun part about powerlifting mm-hmm. powerlifting is really fucking fun to compete in like mm-hmm. it's fun to train for and the and the training process is enjoyable or should be enjoyable but the fun part's stepping onto the platform in that environment and if you spend a bunch of time building that up and then it doesn't meet your expectations then i think you're far less likely to continue with it and so for me, it's it's like you said, it's jump in and do that first one as quickly as possible because, mm. uh, yeah, the longer you wait, the worse it's going to get. And if anything, those kind of people, like the novices, the people who are completely green, are normally the people that are willing to jump headfirst in and yeah. get into it and excel really quickly versus the people that have either come from immediately from another sporting background or a similar sport or a sort of intermediate lifters that haven't competed 
Uh, and the big difference is the person who's completely green is literally just doing it for themselves. Mm. The people that have, um, you know, a similar sporting experience or have an intimate, uh, intimate, intermediate level are looking at everyone else yes. and being like, I'm not as strong as that guy. And it kind of defeats the purpose. You're doing this for you. It's like, yeah, but I'm a competitor. I need to be competitive. It's like, yeah, you're not going to be competitive in your first fucking competition. That's the point. If you, yeah. if it was that easy, everyone would be a champion. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like this inherent disrespect for the sport that we're in. And the reason that comes is just because it's so accessible in terms of if you can do a squat bench deadlift, you can kind of do the sport. Um, yeah. And that's the thing for me that I love about this sport, right? That it is genuinely so one accessible. of the most accessible sports in the world. And especially in the time that we have lived through, we've gone from powerlifting being this incredibly niche sport to through things like CrossFit and the advent of that sort of style of training, we've seen a whole generation of people touch barbells for the first time in their lives. And the barbell and a squat rack have become ubiquitous in just about every type of gym you'll ever find. You know, mm. you can go to a gym anywhere in the world and a barbell and plates is likely to be available. They might not be great, but they might do the job. And I think because of that, sometimes people then see it as this thing that you have to, you know, sp have spent a bunch of time learning to do, which yeah. is just the exact opposite of the way it should be done. I, and I think this extends into the first couple of years of your training experience. I think you should probably compete pretty regularly mm -hmm. and you should compete not necessarily with a full peaking cycle under your belt, because I think for most people, especially in the first year or two of their serious training endeavor, that's just a fucking waste of time. Hmm. you may as well just keep training and the way we do it is essentially just to have people keep training all the way through it and maybe take a light-ish week the week of the comp but otherwise it's just turn up and do the work and hmm. continue to just keep going because that sort of person is going to continue to hit pbs in those first few comps pretty consistently so the training is actually more about let's continue building this momentum so three years from now you're still hitting pbs but mm. the first few experiences are just about getting good at the sport they're about turning up and enjoying the day about making all the dumb novice mistakes that we still fucking see people make at nationals at big meets like this just fucking stupid little mistakes that are often made by people who have like skipped the development phase you know mm. they've gone they've decided that they're ready gone straight into competing in sanctioned comps and ended up at a nationals or something like that because in the end being a novice doesn't necessarily mean you're weak it just means you're not experienced at the sport exactly. and so it might be it's often like bodybuilders and stuff like that who come in pretty fucking strong already so they get that little bit of ego boost from going to something like states and then qualifying for nationals and just making fucking dumb mistakes that end up costing them you know either prizes or, or you know spots on the podium because they've they've skipped that novice learning phase of just mm -hmm. like oh yeah whoops i forgot to wait for the star command on the bench or something silly like that that just ends up really having a drastic impact upon it and then it it, it sort of starts this spiral of misery about not feeling like you're good enough because suddenly you've gone to this national event and felt like you've made a a fool of yourself Mm. At a novice comp, like everyone fucks up eventually. Everyone does something dumb. People laugh about it and then move on mm. because that's the environment that it should be. That's the the lower barrier to entry. That's why we run novice comps the way we mm. do because it's about removing as much of that barrier to entry. Like, so we don't do weigh-ins anymore at novice comps 
because I had so many people trying to do the things that I did, which is cut weight for your first powerlifting meet. And I ended up using all the hot water in my house. My brother still likes to complain about it. I didn't cut very well at all. Um, but it was a funny story. Uh, so yeah, things like that where people are too worried about like what their body weight is for their first competition. Doesn't fucking matter. Just yeah. turn up and lift some weights. Uh, so those are the things that we've done in order to remove those barriers and encourage people to just turn up and give it a crack because I think it's really easy for the, the relative new intermediate level lifter to take it really seriously and end up in a position where they're gatekeeping the sport a little bit like no you have to do this before you can compete you have to be able to you know do all these things fuck that if you can like you said if you can turn up lift a squat with an empty barbell bench an empty barbell and deadlift from the floor you're sweet just turn Mm. up and do it yeah novice comps are a godsend i find the um the evolution of the pa novice comp really interesting so my first ever comp was just a local comp in a gym. Uh, yep. I'm pretty sure as a, mem- as a member of that gym, I didn't even have to pay to enter, but it wasn't, it was a powerlifting comp, but it wasn't powerlifting rules in terms of the structure of the comp. It was just a rising bar and you just jumped in yep. and did your attempts and stuff. Um, the first comp comp I did, like powerlifting comp was a PA comp. Um, and back then there was no raw, so it wasn't labeled as a novice comp, it was just a PA comp. Everyone was equipped for the most part. I just showed up in shorts and t-shirt. I didn't even know a soft suit existed. And they're like, do you have a suit? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, just compete. Like, oh, we don't care. You know, we're, yeah. we're trying to grow the sport. We're trying to encourage people to do it. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool. And then fast forward, you know, to the last few years before PA shot the bed, um, it was like, you had to do a novice comp, but you had to be a member of PA. had to buy a soft suit you were just doing a sanctioned pa comp they just called it novice because it wasn't like a states there was literally no difference besides the label on the comps like that's not uh, that's not lowering the barrier of entry to the sport that's making someone who's never done it pay 300 bucks 400 bucks for comp registration for signing up to to the fed for buying all the fucking equipment like the novice comps of pay a little bit of money show up in shorts and t-shirts and just have a blast that is what brings people into the sport um, that is where you start that's how you get into the sport and again if we can echo one major point it's just do it if you're yep. ready i mean if you can do the lifts just do it yeah man that idea that you have to be a member of a fed or anything like that the the way i describe novice comps to people and, and certainly the way we run novice comps and the the frame that we use to do that is it's like the equivalent of like your Thursday night social touch rugby league. Yeah, it's show up. You know, it's, it's show up, maybe bring some friends, have a good time. You pay your money, you do the thing, and then you go home. Maybe yep. drink some beers. Like it's, it's meant to be a fun day. We always are a little bit more choosy about the music we play. Like we try and avoid going too heavy down the heavy metal road that can get a little bit aggressive. <laughs> it's meant to be family friendly. It's meant to be this happy, enjoyable environment because that's what the fucking sport should be. It's just a bunch of people who end up taking it way too seriously that make it the miserable niche sport that it's be- it can be um by yeah having opportunities like this to spread the sport to a wider audience i think it's been it's been pivotal across the country the sport wouldn't exist on the scale that it does in australia without gyms that like it started as the ptc brand but then it's mm-hmm. become gyms like us like the ruchis and all of the the other gyms around the country that we know that run these unaffiliated novice comps uh-huh. they have been pivotal in building the sport 
Gyms like ours wouldn't exist without this. You know, it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, I think if you're not looking at doing that, and then if you're an experienced lifter who's not looking to give back by helping out at some of these meets, you're probably doing something wrong as well because you've Mm -hmm. got to remember that you were one of those inexperienced lifters at some point too. And yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for being able to give back in that environment. For sure, for sure. So do a comp. Much love from Thomas and Sherry. We hope to see you at our novice comps. Yeah, we've got our first one in February. Sick. I think. Should be good. I need to plan my novice calendar. That'll be on the list for this week, next week. Excellent. How exciting. All right. See you all soon. Bye. Bye.